This is Josh Kanak, and I'm a sales agronomist in CHS Ag Services in Hazel, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Coonan in studio. We'll have updates from Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. Well, the next round of winter weather is bearing down on the region. At this hour, looking at radar, we are seeing snow across most of southwestern North Dakota, uh, just moving into that Bismarck area as we speak. And really, all of South Dakota except the far eastern portion of the state. On the North Dakota-South Dakota border, and that would be in the Sargent-Richland County areas, an additional three to five inches of snow is expected today. One to three inches of new snow forecast for another large swath of the Dakotas and Minnesota today as well. The exception would be far northeastern North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota. Yet another system is expected in the region tomorrow and into Thursday that will likely result in blizzard or near blizzard conditions. Negotiations will begin this week on the extension of the Black Sea Grain Initiative. This deal allows grain shipments out of Ukraine and was put together originally by the United Nations and Turkey last summer. That agreement was extended in November and is up for renewal again in March. World Food Program Director David Beasley said this deal is critically important to address a global food crisis. A bill banning foreign governments from owning agricultural land has passed unanimously in the North Dakota House. An amendment was approved allowing foreign-owned companies to own agricultural land to be used for research and field trials. Representative Craig Headland, who is a farmer from Montpelier, explain that amendment. What this amendment says is already common practice in this state. Most of the larger egg uh, chemical companies are foreign owned. They're already foreign owned. In order for them to do the research here and um, you know, limit their liability, they've bought property in the past. Foreign businesses, there's nothing that says they can't own property. What this bill is about is foreign governments. And so I think the amendment clarifies that we are going to continue the practice that's already in place. This issue came to a head with the proposed Fufang corn wet milling project in Grand Forks. That project was sidelined due to the Chinese ownership and a possible risk to national security. A compromise bill was put together during the first part of the North Dakota legislative session to adjust zoning regulations for animal agriculture projects. House Agriculture Committee Chair Paul Thomas explained House Bill 1423. So our current state law of zoning by miles compares to our surrounding states that zone in feet. That's the reality. We zone in miles, our surrounding states zone in feet. So what we're doing with this is we're bringing ourselves closer to an environment that wants to encourage animal agriculture, but we are certainly not taking away any unreasonable right of, of residents that live in the country, our neighbors that live in the country that don't want some large animal operation close to their place. That's already taken care of in statute. 
This bill passed the House with a 76-17 vote and will now go on to the Senate. The North Dakota House passed a bill that would create an equal distribution of funds between the State Corn Grower Association and the State Checkoff Council. Bismarck Representative Branton Pritchard said the Corn Growers Group now receives 6% of checkoff funds, while the Promotion and Research Council gets the balance. The growers are the advocacy and education wing of the industry, and the A Committee believes fair distribution of funds is necessary. There is a precedent for arranging equal distribution through a legislative remedy. About 20 years ago, the Grain Growers Association and the Durham Growers received an unequal distribution of funds. Today, after the legislative remedy of equal distribution, both groups work well together for the wheat growers and industry. We believe that this is what will happen with the corn industry as it's important to have fair distribution. Representative Jared Haggard, who farms at Amarado, is a past chair of the United Soybean Board and offered his perspective. Fifty percent distribution, um, well, might sound fair, um, really isn't fair, uh, especially to the, the, the group that does the research and promotion uh, portion of the, of, the, um, of the commodity. Um, those are some wide-ranging, wide long-standing programs that, that are set up to benefit uh, the producers. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota House Capital Investment Committee has approved a $1.9 billion bonding bill. The bill includes $146 million for local roads and bridges. The bill is scheduled to go to the House Ways and Means Committee next. Deadlines are approaching for crop insurance. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has that story. March 15th is the deadline to choose crop insurance coverage. MinStar Bank farm management analyst Kent Tesey says now is the time to sit down and analyze risk. I encourage farmers to do out there is make sure you're comparing apples to apples and you're comparing crop insurance products. Uh, uh, work with a good crop insurance agent to understand uh, what the coverage entails. And then when it comes to looking at the financial risk, I think you got to sit down and analyze uh, if we have reduced crop yields, uh, there's a lot of drought potential, even though we're getting a lot of snow or other weather problems, or if we get lower prices down the line, uh, how much risk can am I willing to stand? TC warns that enterprise units might not always be your best option if you have diverse ground with differing risk. Optional units may be an important tool to mitigate potential losses. You know, a lot of farmers, I think, automatically use enterprise units, which is all of your acres of a crop in a given county. And that certainly works good if your land is very similar and it's probably good price protection. However, if you uh, farm a lot of different farms that are spread out with different risks, uh, uh, maybe worth uh, to look at optional units. Sometimes it's an extra cost, but it can really enhance your coverage, especially if we get uh, drought or a lot of times hailstorms, windstorms can impact some farms and not others. So that's another one I think that's very important to look at. Reporting agriculture's business on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman. The cattle cycle looks to be profitable for livestock producers, but is now the time for herd rebuilding to take place? Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Sierra Doctor answers that. A combination of drought and lack of return of investment caused the sell-off of the U.S. cow herd. Sterling Marketing Incorporated President John Nalivka says herd rebuilding might not happen this year. One part of that is the heifers because of 
in terms of growth in the cow herd, it's cows and replacement heifers. So the total heifers on the first of, on, at the first beginning of the year were down were down four percent. But in addition to that, the heifers that you know ranchers were saying were replacement heifers that they held was down six percent. And so that six percent that's the lowest figure since uh, 2000 and 2011. You know, yeah, we've got a low inventory. Typically, higher prices spur herd expansion, but it's not there this time. I think we're going to have a pretty slow go at rebuilding the herd. And Nalivka says that some producers may never rebuild their herds. The last time we went had this liquidation in the in herd numbers was was back in 2000, you know, 11, 12, and 13 when we had significant drought in the it started in the southern plains in Texas, moved north and went into the Midwest, and then went further north into the northern plains. And you know that particularly when you have a drought in the in the Midwest, you know that's where most of the cattle are in the country or in the middle of the country there in the Midwest. So it's not been a easy go. And the one thing, I, the one comment I'd make too, there was people who, not just last year, but in 2021, that, you know, they liquidated their cows and they said, we're not getting back in. You know, enough's enough. Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. A suspected case of BSE is being investigated in Brazil. The Agriculture Ministry says testing is being done and action will be taken if the disease is confirmed. This follows a bill being reintroduced in the U.S. Senate to suspend Brazilian beef imports until an extensive food safety and animal health review is completed. South Dakota Senator Mike Rounds and Montana Senator John Tester first introduced the bill in 2021 when Brazil had two cases of BSE. A new tool available to gain more insight into the cattle markets. USDA's Agriculture Marketing Services' Taylor Cox says the new online cattle contract library pilot program is operational. The load of cattle, for example, will go through a series of, of premiums and discounts, and that's what this library showcases is the most heavily used uh, premiums and discounts, and we certainly plan to expand on that Cox, uh, as we understand the contracts better. Cox is urging input from cattle producers. That project is set to expire in September, but Congress could make it permanent. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. To celebrate youth in agriculture and agricultural education during the National FFA Week, the Red River Farm Network is highlighting the success stories of former FFA members from across Minnesota, North Dakota, and South Dakota. Chris Howard hailed from the Miller FFA chapter in South Dakota. Howard comes from a strong agriculture community and joining FFA seemed like a natural fit. Howard says his FFA travels took him all around the globe. I was really involved with the uh, supervised ag experience program, and that took me quite a ways. It took me to national convention, well, more than one time. I raised purebred uh, breeding swine. It was back in the in the 90s uh, before the hog market kind of crashed. Our family was involved in the, in the purebred breeding stock operation. I was the national proficiency finalist, participated in the, at that time they had an international uh, travel opportunity. So I was able to go to uh, Costa Rica for, I don't remember, like a week. I was actually a egg education major at SDSU, taught high school ag and was an FFA advisor for six years. Howard is currently an alumni member and acts as the building superintendent of the FFA Egg Adventure Center at the South Dakota State Fair. 
at our Ag Adventure Center, uh, basically what we do is we're, you know, we're ag advocates, you know, not not only just to inform the public of, of ag practices, but just to make them feel more comfortable with agriculture in general. Kind of the main draw to the building is the live animal burst that we have. We have some sows at Pharaoh. We have a, a dairy cow that has given birth before. My favorite part of the FFA was being able to show people a, a new experience, you know, within the field of agriculture. RRFN's National FFA Week coverage is sponsored by the Minnesota Agricultural Education Leadership Council, Proceed, Nutrient Ag Solutions, and the Northern Canola Growers Association. Follow RRFN's National FFA Week coverage on Twitter and Facebook. Reporting agriculture's business. I'm Sierra Doctor on the Red River Farm Network. Well, after a three-day weekend, uh, markets off yesterday for President's Day. We are back trading, and as we speak, we uh, have mostly green on the screen. Minneapolis wheat, March four cents higher, at nine thirty-four and a quarter. July four higher. Chicago wheat for March steady money, and hard red winter wheat March two and a half higher. March corn three and a quarter higher at six eighty-one. New crop corn a half cent higher. Soybeans March. 13 and three quarter cents higher at 1541. New crop soybeans 13.94 and a half. That is a gain of eight and a quarter cents. As we check in on the farm calendar, the International Crop Expo is scheduled for tomorrow and Thursday. That's at the Alaris Center in Grand Forks. Their keynote speaker tomorrow is uh, shark farmer Rob Sharkey. Also, as we look in on the farm calendar for this morning. Uh, the um, hay industry coming together, Midwest Forage Association is meeting as we speak. That's going on in Wisconsin, Dells, Wisconsin. Have yourself a great day. Stay, uh, stay warm, stay safe with all the snow that we're dealing with. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Have a great day.